What's up? Welcome back to another episode of MindSweep. On this episode, we talk to 21-year-old motivational speaker Blake Langbrook. Post-concussion syndrome drove Blake into a dark spiral that almost resulted in him taking his life. Today, Blake talks us through how his whole mindset was changed in a second and how he used his story to travel across Canada and educate high school kids. This is a great episode. Enjoy. All right, so welcome to our episode of MindSweep. I'm super pumped for this guy. I'm going to be honest, the first one we're going in blind, this, and that's why I'm really excited because he's got a lot of cool things to say. It's why we're recording this conversation, and I'm going to turn the floor right to him. He's starting to introduce himself. All right, well, I'm, uh, I'm Blake Langbrook uh, from Virgil, Ontario. And, uh, yeah, the reason why I reached out to you guys was because uh, I, I heard, like, uh, you guys were after uh, mental health and, and uh, looking after people who are struggling through that. And right away I could relate relate with it, with, with the Rambler project, talking about um, rambling in, in the head and in the brain. And I just felt that. I struggled with it myself. Yeah. Uh, being stuck inside my own head uh, all through high school and uh, battling, yeah, depressed thoughts and anxious thoughts and so. Right on, that. man. And now, like, like obviously, like, you're part of something a lot bigger right now with what you're about to carry out over the next four months and, like, I was wondering if you can kind of get into that and kind of see, you know what I mean, kind of share, like, where you're at right now, like, what point you're at and what you're doing, which I think is great. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, for the last few years, I've been a, a bricklayer um, and... Just recently, I decided to take this year to sort of dedicate myself to, to serving others and volunteering. And uh, so I reached out to this uh, organization called Live Different. And so what they do is uh, they tour around all of Canada. I'll personally be heading to the East Coast. And so you applied to like this Live Different that, you know I mean, does motivational speaking, that sort of thing. You applied and then went through a process and then got yeah. a job type for that last spot. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, no, actually, uh, it was... So I, okay, actually, I can go back even further so I, originally when I decided I want to take a year off yeah um, I reached out to a pastor in in Long Beach okay and uh, he I knew him uh, from a few few years before because I, I do uh, annual missions trips in Los Angeles yeah uh, every year for the last three years and uh, I serve at the Dream Center with the church and uh, so I've gotten to know this pastor over the years and I was like hey man like I really want I would love for you to sort of take on a mentorship position in my life if, if you would be willing to sort of teach me uh, if I could like shadow him and yeah. uh, sort of grow alongside him over for, for a year or so. And just recently he actually lost his job and so that kind of wow. fell out. And yeah. Johnny knew that I was, uh, my friend from the church, Johnny, yep, yep. He, he knew that I was looking to serve and dedicate this year to serving and so he... Uh, he came to me with, with Live Different. Yep. He said someone dropped out uh, just recently. And, uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do it. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to be going. Uh, I'll be heading to the East Coast doing motivational assemblies yep. in middle schools, high schools. Uh, and, yeah, I'm super excited to, to meet with students and just hear their stories. Yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah, the hope is to just, just sort of, crack the shell of students so that they would be willing to open up to us at the end of the presentation and uh, inspire them to to yeah share their stories and and be open with what they're going through and uh, so that we can sort of help them out yeah exciting yeah i'm really looking forward to it that's sweet man and then now like obviously what made you feel that 
you have something to share? Like, what made you say, like, oh, I want to go speak to high school kids? Because for a lot of individuals, a lot of us would be like, yeah, like, I don't know what we're going to say. I don't know, like, how how to, like, portray myself. Like, I don't know. Right? Like, you're yeah. you're 21 years old, dude. Yeah. Like, and you're going <laughs> to speak to high school kids. Like, most 21-year-olds are like, what? They're still trying to build their story. They're still trying to figure out their obstacles and stuff. You know what I mean? What makes, you know what I mean, your story so special? And, and, you know, what is your story, to be honest? Like, what do you feel like you have to share to these kids? Yeah, so I don't know, so it all started in, in high school. I was, uh, I, I went through a hard time uh, growing up. I played hockey and I uh, suffered through a lot of concussions. Uh, and so that, that really took a toll on my, my brain and my mental health. And so all through high school, I, I was battling a lot of depression. I, I kept, each year I was, becoming more and more depressed and more and more down on myself and those the, the those thoughts led into suicidal thoughts uh, and so by the time I was in grade 11 I, I I was just at a place where I couldn't play hockey anymore uh, because of all the concussions and uh, I just I felt like I had no purpose in life um, like I felt at that point hockey was like your only kind of thing right yeah so yeah like it was like I, I that was like me too. It was like I live, breathe, eat. Like that yeah. was yeah. We got that age, man. Like that was kind of that's all I wanted to do, really. And I didn't really know. Like obviously the dream was an NHL player, but I just didn't. I just wanted to keep playing hockey, right? Yeah. It's like it's all you want to do. And that, for me, it was like come home from school, play hockey, like play hockey video games, talk about <laughs> hockey, watch my favorite team, the Buffalo Sabers. Like yeah. even when I was a young age, right, playing road hockey every day, rollerblades. So I know what you're saying. It's like, and that's why I figure there's a lot of hockey players and athletes in general suffer from kind of different mental illnesses when they're done playing the sport because they have no idea what to do right they have no purpose they feel like they have no purpose or direction yeah if you like happened what grade 11 then obviously like all this dark this darkness happened in high school still for you yeah it was like yeah and going off that like the more the less i was able to play hockey the more the doctors told me that i gotta stop people were telling me i had to stop the more i wanted to play it was yeah it yeah. was just like and it just seemed like everything i was making more friends playing yeah. hockey and it's just like the passion just kept growing the the less I was able to play, the more I kept getting hurt. Yeah. And so when I fin finally came to a point where I had to stop, otherwise I'd be just killing myself. Yeah. I, uh, like how many concussions, sorry to interrupt, how many were you at this, at this point? I was, hockey? I think when I finally stopped playing hockey for good, I was six concussions yeah. deep. Like I was, it was like, an average of two like two good concussions every year for for three years um and so i was like yeah like i couldn't play anymore and, and everyone and so yeah I, I just i fell down this this slope where i was just kind of hopeless um life seemed more and more pointless as as i went on uh i get, began partying a lot uh and like drinking a lot just just by myself yeah. uh alone and like yeah, I would, I would call friends up, uh, and yeah, like, so it came to a place where I was like, I just want somebody to know what I'm going through. Exactly, yeah. And, and, uh, I just felt like, I don't know, like, it was, it was just, I, there was so many dark nights where I just, like. So stuff just built, kept building up. Yeah. You no know, post-hockey, and then, now, do you have post-concussion syndrome? Like, did this, yeah. so the concussions played a lot into your mental, into your mental health, and I guess we don't say mental illness at this point. And then it just kept escalating, right? Because you just didn't have, seek help. You just use, like, I'm guessing you use, like, temporary things to kind of mask pain or suppress the thoughts, which is, like, alcohol and partying yeah. and things like that. So then obviously, like, what happened once you kept on this path? 
Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I kept partying, kept just drinking myself to sleep. There's nights where I was just, just hopeless, just praying to God that I'd just wake up dead. Um, yeah. And I just, I, I was I was screaming out for help. I just wanted someone to notice. Like, there was, I remember uh, my team went into the, the OMJ playoffs, the, the finals, and uh, I wasn't able to play, and it, it was killing me. I was walking through the halls with just, like, just so much pain on my face. Like I, 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 people in the halls noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, going through the halls, just, I don't know. I just, yeah, feeling no purpose. And uh, I just, yeah, and want, no, want someone to notice. And nobody ever did. Nobody really asked. I would ask people and hope that they would ask me. That would never happen. Yeah. I remember one time I was at a party and, uh, a friend of mine was she was going through a lot of crap and so she's like she wanted to go for a walk and I she she was explaining to me how she was battling depression and how she had tried to kill herself and um, I she as she's explaining this I'm like man I'm going through that exact same thing and so yeah I, I instant tell, connection right there yeah, yeah and so I tell her I'm like like I'm going like I, I totally understand what you're going through I've been going through the exact same thing and uh, she actually kind of chuckled uh, she chuckled and she's like, Blake, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to pretend that you understand to make me feel better. <laughs> and uh, like, thanks, thanks for listening. And so, just like walking away from that, I just felt like crap. I thought, like, what? Wait, what just happened? Like, yeah. I just tried opening up to this person and they thought it was like complete sham because, you know, they're trying to like protect themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was just, I guess, it was the way people people didn't see me as someone who was hurt. Yeah. People saw me as a hockey player. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. And like, why would anything? You be fit wrong in that category, me? and you thought everything was happy go lucky. He's like, oh, this guy's playing hockey. He's like, you know what I mean? He's living that lifestyle. Like, there could be nothing wrong going on through this guy's head. Yeah. Percent. Yeah. yeah. And so there, yeah, situations like that. Situations with like girl. I had a girlfriend yeah. uh, in grade eleven, and. So she, I was with her through some of my darkest times, and she never knew about it either. Like she yeah. was supposed to be the closest one to me, and she never knew. Yeah. And so I broke up with her, not really giving her any solid reason other than the fact that I was hurting. Yeah. And I tried to explain that the best I could. Um, and she just thought it was just an excuse. She told her friends that um, it was for nothing, that I just didn't want to be with her. And uh, a friend of hers came up to me. Actually, it was a mutual friend of ours, and she kind of... Uh, She's like, like she, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe yeah. you just used her um, and left her for nothing. And so I explained further to, to this friend, and she thought I was just making it up. She thought even less of me. And so it's like every time I try to explain myself, explain what I'm going through, uh, and open up to people, they're just like, you're just lying, man. Why? why? Yeah. Yeah. So. And then when, now, when did all this breaking point come to a point where you actually, like, the ball started moving on yeah so so yeah grade 11 year a friend of mine uh i was just yeah at my darkest point a friend of mine i think started to notice uh the pain i was going through and so she would start inviting me back out to our church's youth group or yeah youth group now you had you always gone to church and been really like i went faith to oriented and stuff like that or were you was it like a this all part of the process too yeah so i grew up in a christian home uh Went to church sometimes, like with hockey, like most of my yeah, family yeah. played hockey. And so we didn't go to church a lot. Uh, in grade eight and nine, I went to youth quite a bit because I had friends that went there. By the time I was in grade, 
grade 10, nobody, none of my friends really went. Yeah. And uh, so I stopped going. And uh, so, yeah, this friend of mine kept inviting me back out. And I was like, okay, I went like once a month. She would invite me every week. I came like once a month. And uh, there was this is an event called Overflow. Uh, it's a youth event. It happens every May 2-4 weekend. I'd been like twice before. And she's like, you got to go to this, you got to go to this. And I was like, I know, I know what it's about. Like, I know, like, I'm going to get emotional. I'm going to feel something. And then a week later, it's going to pass. It's going to yeah. be nothing. And uh, I think the week before, I, I caved and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. And I made a deal with myself that, like, nothing happens here. I'm not going to make it to grade 12. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that decision to kill myself before grade 12. And... Uh, so I go into this, this and that was your mindset. Like that was fully. That's that was wow. where I was at. Like I was just in such a dark, dark place. Like I just didn't. Again, I was I was I was waking up every morning disappointed that I was alive and going to bed every night hoping that I'd wake up dead. Yeah. And uh, I just and so yeah, I was I was like, okay, this is my make or break moment. This weekend, if nothing happens here, then um, I know I'm not supposed to be here. And so uh, I, I go into it with, you know, a hard heart. Uh, I didn't want to cave into the emotions. I didn't want to um, give in to anything. Like I made sure I wouldn't cry <laughs> and like yeah. stuff like that because it gets so emotional. 100%, and, uh, 100%, dude. <laughs> and so Saturday night is the big night. Um, it's the end of the service. And throughout this whole thing, I'm just shaking because I know like if nothing happens tonight, then wow. like, it's game over for me kind of and so um i'm shaking and uh the band comes on stage and people start praying over each other they're inviting like all the leaders to pray over their students and we're on this set of stairs in a hockey arena and i was just i was just sitting there bawling um everything going through my head every thought i had everything that i was going through why no one would would listen to me um and uh yeah, I was just sitting there crying, and we were coming to the end of the night. People had prayed over me, didn't really really speak into what I was going through. And uh, we come to the end of the night, like people are almost starting to get ready to go on the buses and leave. And the youth pastor comes up to me, his name's Alex. And uh, he, he sits next to me, sees the tears in my eyes, and he's just like, Blake, what's wrong? It was just kind of like you've been sitting here for yeah. so long, just crying. Like, what? What's wrong? And that was that was my moment. That was that's what saved my life. Was just that question. Um, I finally had my opportunity to to let go of what I had been going through to to share that someone who will actually listen and believe that I'm hurting. And uh, so I told him everything. I told him that I was I was I'm like I'm suicidal. Um, I don't want to be here anymore. I've been depressed for, for, for years and I just, yeah, I, I, I just let it, <laughs> let it all out. And, uh, so he prayed over me and, uh, he told me to stand up and, uh, I, so I stood up, I was shaking. I didn't want to stand up. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm shaking, my knees are buckling. He tells me to raise my hands. And so I raised my hands He's like, I need you to shout to God to, to help you. And so I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to yell. I thought it would be weird. But I did it anyways. I knew, I knew I had to. I knew, like, 
if I want this moment, you this gave is yourself it. you gave yourself one chance. Like you literally said tonight, like one chance. That's yeah. all you gave yourself, right? So yeah, exactly. And so I said, God save me, God save me. I don't want to have these thoughts anymore. And so, in that moment, I just felt a weight lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. And uh, when it was all said and done, um, there was just a voice in the back of my head telling me, like, you don't have to have these thoughts anymore. And I didn't really know what it meant in the moment. Um, but I just knew in that moment that, like, I was going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had a reason why man. I'm here. Yeah, right away, it was like that pat in the back. That, that Someone just picked you up, man. You know who it was. You just got picked up. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just, I knew, like, right away I, I knew I had a story. I knew I had, I, I had reached my, I don't know, that, that end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Like, just, I, I mean... I reached the end of the tunnel and like I knew I had a story to share. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that that moment was like right away I knew I need to tell this story. I need to tell people yeah. uh what I've gone through and um that's that's been my motivation ever since. Yeah. Um and that's why I do what I do today. Yeah. Um I just yeah, it's it's been great. <laughs> yeah. Um good for you, man. Yeah. You know what? And I, I guarantee, though, from that point, it still took a lot because you still had to, it probably just was an instant. It's probably still a lot yeah. of work in between that point, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it was like with friends, I had a choice. Like I could either stay with my friends who I've been partying with, yeah. who sort of don't make the greatest decisions, who sort of lead me to, to make bad decisions. Um, or, and so I could stay with them and sort of show them that I've changed and in hopes of, actually being a good influence on them or i could sort of let them go yeah. and 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 sort of uh avoid that temptation yeah uh and so yeah like i knew i knew i could stay with them i knew that i don't know just that moment sort of gave me the confidence to like finally say hey guys like this is actually what i was going through yeah and this is this is what yeah, like this This is what I went through and this is how I got over it. And like, I just, I want you guys to know that that there's a better way. If you're going through something, yeah. like you gotta, you just, yeah, I don't know. There's, for me, like uh, Christ's love is yeah. is everything. And just the, what, what he's done for me is uh, incredible. My, my walk with, with Jesus over the last three years has completely changed me every single year. And, uh, the, my friends, so the next year in high school, um, I, I just made that my goal that my friends would, would come to this sort of realization that I had gone through. And so that's, that's what I prayed about. That's what I pursued. I, I began sharing my story with them. Yep. Uh, and I shared it in front of like my youth group. And people would come up to me and say, like, man, that was so encouraging. And, like, it, that, that's what was encouraging for me. You started me feeling too. that purpose and that worth, man, that you never had before because you're just like, wait, they're actually, like, applauding my story and what I've been through. And Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a validation, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, I, 100%. Every time I shared my story, with, with whether it was to one person or to a group of people, each time I just felt better and more sure that, like, I'm, I'm here for a reason. I'm yeah. Here. You know what's what, what's the best way to describe yourself and your story and what you've been through? Like, how would you do that? Like in short. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I just think like to sum it up, what I'd been through in, in a couple sentences, it was I was 
in a dark place. I was in a dark place, uh, uh, and I I didn't want to be alive anymore. Yeah. And I came to a place where, you know, I I I found like I, I met with Christ, and I met I'm I I found my relationship but you, with Jesus. But pretty much, too, you opened yourself right up. Like you allowed, you know what I mean? You allowed other things to come in. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I came. Okay. Yeah. So I came to a point where I, I was able to let everything go. Right. And I was able to, I didn't have to hold on to these thoughts anymore. I was able to, to let them go and just, yeah, ex- explain them. I don't know. It's hard to explain how, how that, that just yeah. is gone so fast. Like, um, being in such a dark place. Cause I've had, I've had dark moments since then and I've gone through, uh, dark moments and it's like I've had people pray over me and you know in that moment you think okay it's going to be gone yeah. but it's not and so that moment was was so special to me because it was that moment and it was it was it was done it was gone yeah. and it didn't didn't come back until yeah years later like not not as bad as it was but yeah um so yeah it's, it's hard to, hard to yeah that, you know what I think you hit a lot of key points there though that that I took in so that was good and now moving forward you're about to go and you actually just started going on tour and going to these high schools and middle schools and talking to these kids what would you say are like a couple key like pillars that you that you tell them that you that you share to them that you want to resonate with them like where are some key pillars that you know you want to instill in them um yeah I'd say I'd say don't don't be ashamed of what you've been through don't uh like share your story. Share what you've been through. Yeah. If you're holding on to stuff, if you're ashamed of something, just let it go. Tell somebody. If if something's eating you up, um, share it with somebody you trust, and uh, don't don't think that that defines you. Um, and and yeah, if you if you went through a dark period and found light at the end of the tunnel tell people share yeah. your story like use it use it use it to change lives like you're you you go through these moments for a reason and it's yeah like it's it it does change lives when you actually open up and are vulnerable uh and and choose to to share it with others because yeah. you you think i don't know, you think just because you went through it that everyone sort of knows it but it's not true. Like people are out there just dying to hear what you've been through and how you yeah. got over it. And right on. Now, how can people? Um, how can people come in contact with you or follow your journey or kind of, you know, see what you're all about? Yeah. If you if you follow me at Blake Langbrook uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of where that's where I'll be sort of documenting what I'm going through. Yep. Uh, with with Live Different uh, on tour, heading toward the the East Coast. Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the episode of Mindsweep. Be sure to subscribe for weekly content, rate, as well as check us out online at The Rambler Project. See you later.